Start a journey, not a fad. Kick off your fitness journey with up to $500 off Peloton Bike, Bike Plus, or Tread packages. Choose the package that will take your training to the next level with accessories like our cycling shoes, heart rate band, non-slip grip dumbbells, and more. Join now and you'll see why 92% of households that start the year with Peloton are still active a year later. All access membership separate. Offer ends January 8th, 2023. Excludes Bike, Bike Plus, and Tread Basics. See additional terms at OnePeloton.com. Thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we go belly up, so we made it our name, and we're still here. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to Rising to the Occasion. We got a lot of football to talk about today after week one. Let's get on into it. Hey everybody, welcome back to Rising to the Occasion. Today we got a lot of football to talk about. Week one was an exciting one. I'm here with Josh. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing all right. Yeah, it's, it, it definitely was. It was probably, I think, one of the most exciting week ones that I can remember. Uh, I really don't remember a week one that exciting. Yeah, I think I'd have to agree with you there. I was, I think you mentioned that the other night. I'm like, yeah, this is. There's been quite a few good games, and then as the night went on, you got a little more action, and and yeah, it was definitely a lot of fun. Um, I started off pretty early. Um, I didn't get a catch. What game was it on Friday night? Uh, what was it? What was the Friday night game? That was probably the Indiana, the Illinois. Indiana, Illinois, or was it? The, I thought it was Penn State, maybe. No, Penn State was Thursday. We, was, did, we did watch that one. Penn State. So, yeah, it was the Indiana game. I, I went ahead and woke up early on on uh, Saturday morning before football started just to to watch that game. Luckily, it was actually on the Big Ten Network, so got to check that out and watch that game. Um, there's definitely a lot to be excited about. If you're a lot of these fan bases, and there's definitely some things to be worried about if you're some other fan bases, but we'll get into some of that here in a little bit. I uh, do want to let everybody know that we are presented by Mahler Bros Golf Apparel. Uh, it's a company Josh and I started together a little while back. Um, we got some pretty cool stuff over there. If you want to go to the website and check it out, you can check us out at MahlerBros.com. Use code RISINGTO, RISING2 for 10% off. Um, a lot of the, the clothing and stuff, the way it, it fits, you're going to love the material. Uh, we got some really cool designs and, uh, it's a lot of fun. So go over there and check that out. Yeah. And something I want to mention, uh, just because this is something I've been working on all weekend. Uh, you know, it's, we, we've been trying to grow here at, at, uh, rising to the occasion. We want to make this big. Uh, we want to make this something that we can, we can really work into to where, you know, we're, we're, we're making this into somewhat of a profession, even if it's a kind of a side gig profession, this is something that we, we enjoy. Uh, this is something we've had a lot of fun with uh, and it's, it's been kind of progressing and we've, we've picked up a lot of stuff to kind of make this production a little better. So uh, we did reach out to belly up, uh, belly up podcast network, uh, belly up sports. You can go check them out. Uh, we, they, we are now partnered with belly up sports. So it's, it's really cool. Uh, thanks to them for, for letting us join and everything. Uh, so that's probably why you heard a little bit of a different little intro there before we got into it. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a, it's a huge thing for us to be able to join a network like that. Uh, that's specifically a sports network and a lot of cool contacts. Uh, and from here on out, uh, some big things about to happen here 
here in the next few weeks and stuff too. Yeah, man, so, I'm, very I'm definitely stoked and I'm excited to see where it takes us. Um, I really enjoy doing this. We both do. This is a big part of our lives is sports. That's why we're here. Uh, we love to watch sports. We love to to talk about sports. Uh, that's it's about all we talk about a lot of time. Um, so to be able to do this is pretty awesome. So um, definitely, you know, I appreciate everybody's support and all that. And we're excited for the future. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it is, it's, it's exciting. Um, I, I, before we get into really kind of recapping week one, what is one thing that you learned from week one this week? Iowa sucks. <laughs> See, that's kind of along the same lines of uh, something, something that I learned. Iowa's I think his offense is always bad, but holy cow, they suck. Yeah. So I didn't just learn that. And of course that, that is something that needs to be noted. Um, Iowa's offense was horrible, but their defense was stout. But something that I learned about Iowa, it's not about the team has nothing to do with the players on the field. The fan base is ranks up there as the most annoying fan base in college football. Uh, and they've, they've pushed it over the top. So there was, there was a graphic put out by big game boomer. Shout out to him. He puts out some really cool kind of controversial graphics. I've always liked him. I've, I'm, I, even reached out. He may not may not have seen the DM, but I, I'm trying to get him on the show too. I think he he does some fun stuff and he starts up a lot of wars. And he did that uh, this past weekend. You know where I just said I don't think Iowa, from my observation, my opinion based on observation, not the other way around. I know you Iowa fans are kind of not very well educated and can't get that. But uh, you know when when I observe Iowa fans, I see very content Iowa fans, content with just a bowl game season. And that is from six to nine wins. That doesn't mean that you get six six wins or seven wins. It just means that from six to nine wins, you're okay with that because you go to a bowl game. Uh, and that's my observation. And even from the con- conversations, uh, from the lashback that I've gotten, that that seems pretty obvious that you guys are just okay with that. But uh, yeah, it's it's <laughs> this past weekend has shown me, and I've learned that Iowa is, is now ranked number one for most annoying fan base. So do us all a favor and go to our Twitter because we'd love to to just mess with Iowa people. Um, yeah, there's been some, some fun going on on Twitter lately. Um, with, with all that, uh, I actually had somebody DM me. I'll have to read that to you later. Cause it's not, uh, not appropriate for this, <laughs> this setting. Yeah. You didn't even tell me yeah, about that I, yet. I had a, while well, I woke up this morning, I had a, a DM. It was pretty, pretty funny. Yeah. That is funny. Yeah. So we, we just, we've had a lot of fun with the Iowa fan base. Uh, we're going to go ahead and kick it off and, and get into the, mm-hmm. Good time to uh, kick it off. I like yeah, it. Yeah, we're gonna get into the recaps. First of all, Georgia, just how amazing did they look? Dude, Georgia's I mean, a real freaking deal. They I are. mean, I mean, I'm not surprised, but no, and, and you look at them, you see just how how they they played against Oregon. You know, we talked about this. We had Joel on. We we talked to Joel uh, Gunderson, uh, and he's a writer uh for I, I believe it was Scoop Duck. Uh, I'll have to go back and check that. But but he's a he's a writer and he's part of uh, on three, which is kind of an up and coming a uh, little network there. And, you know, he, we were talking about it and it's just seemed that, you know, Oregon with the weapons that they all have always had and the physicality that Dan Landing could bring in, that they could possibly stand a little bit of a chance of, of keeping it close, doing something to kind of Dude, make I their was so wrong on this game. I, we, we all were. Uh, I mean, I, I, I thought Georgia would win. Sure. I thought was so wrong. I thought Georgia would win by double digits, but I did not expect them just, just to completely destroy Oregon the way that they did. Uh, so yeah, I mean, we, it was just it was amazing to see them come out, and and kudos to them because what Kirby Smart is doing there it shows that even though this last draft class was just the Georgia draft class, it was it was welcome to the Georgia show. 
the the first first round right. was just all Georgia players. It was just nonstop. So it was like, well, yeah, of course we're going to have our doubts about Georgia a little bit because you lost everybody. But but kudos to Kirby Smart, the way that he coaches and the way that he recruits. This is this is the new definition of 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 really Georgia Georgia football. But you know, just the the stuff that they're running that play right there that you can see if you're watching the video, just running some some kind of trickery plays to start off the game. One they, th- they came out firing. They did, and, and, they, and they they ended firing. I mean, they were, yeah, they they, were they kept on firing. Uh, it was just nonstop, and that's just something with with Georgia. You know, they came out very powerful, and something that we, we talked about was that Oregon has to come out and they have to start being steady. Their first drive was a very fast three and out, and Bo Nix. Uh, sorry, our Auburn fans, maybe maybe you recognize this by now. I think most Auburn fans kind of do, and they were kind of glad to kind of get rid of uh, Bo Nix for some reasons. But Bo Nix just looked horrible. Uh, two interceptions, couldn't score a touchdown. I didn't think he looked consistent in any part of his game. Um, but watching Bo Nix, I think uh, oh my you know God, just <laughs> yeah, just just some Another of the stuff, some of the stuff that he was doing was just horrible. Uh, and so I don't think he's a good fit for Oregon. I think uh, I don't know. I just I think Oregon has a lot of stuff to put together because I was at least hopeful that that Oregon's defense would be strong enough to kind of slow down the Georgia offense. But that just wasn't the case at all. Uh, you know, it was just nonstop, and it just showed. Georgia's running backs, real deal too. Just like they always have, they always yeah. have good running back. They, they are, definitely got the arsenal this year. And the- they're definitely known for having good running backs. Yeah, you just back up to the days of Nick Chubb and Sony Michelle both being there. Yeah. That's a big reason why they beat Oklahoma in that double or triple overtime in the uh, in the playoffs a few years back. And it's just with those guys in there, how do you stop that? Well, you and, know? and Oregon looked like Nebraska. <laughs> yeah. You can't make a tackle, man. That's why yeah, I watched this game and I thought. Dude, they know exactly what's going on. This is Nebraska all over again right here. Yeah, the some of the tackling, um, just overall, even on offense, again, kind of backing up to the offense. I don't know. I just I didn't I didn't see anything from Oregon. Uh they didn't have a run game. Uh you're you're kind of used to seeing Oregon kind of have some sort some sort of maybe a run game, a passing attack that's got some speedy guys. They couldn't put any put anything together. And again, hats off to to Kirby Smart and the Georgia the Georgia team for being able to put together that kind of a recruiting class to stack them on, stack them on, stack them on. Uh, Cause you know, they've just you always got get every year. You always get like week one's tough, right? Yeah. You're going to have the team that's like Oklahoma, UTEP game this week was a week one. Oklahoma should blow them out even though it's week one, but like games like this, this is two decent teams. Well, one of them's a great team, but you know, Oregon's Oregon's a good team as well. Yeah. So this should be a low scoring game. In my in my opinion, I thought you know this week one you're going to figure stuff out. Georgia does not have you know an off season. It's like they just rolled right into the to the next season. They they're very comfortable with each other and just played outstanding. Yeah, and that's just something that we we talk about. You know, you can't carry over what you had last season, <laughs> but Georgia did. But Georgia did. Uh, and you know, it's just it, it's crazy because Georgia is just one of those teams uh, and and. Uh, we'll we'll probably get to to Alabama here in just a moment, but both of those both of those teams just looked like they came out and they didn't skip a beat. They didn't have any rust yeah. from the off season. They didn't have anything to to look at and say, "Hey, we need to fix this. We need to fix that." Um, but instead, it was just nonstop. It was just run, you know run it down your throat. You can't stop the running backs because they're too big for you. you can't like, do anything like on offense. Like this last play here, it's like man, they're just playing backyard football. Yeah, and they're, they're not so even, comfortable. They don't look like they're trying. And they're going up against number eleven in the country. Like this is a game that had, it, it it probably had some pressure. You know, you're going up. This is a big game, week one. Like 
you think that you're going to be national championship this year if you're Georgia every year. But when you go into a game like this week one, you got to have some worry and some, you know, okay, man, we got to pull it together. We got to, we got to figure out a way to win this one. And they had no trouble doing that. No. And it was just swarming to the ball. You, you, you just see it nonstop. Oregon was able to do a little bit like that. Uh, but you know, just overall the the times that they did get down where they could have attacked, they just all of a sudden came to a stop. They couldn't do anything. And it was mainly because of that huge defensive line that just got up into Bo Nix's face and it was flashbacks for him. Here, here it yep. is. I thought I got away from the SEC defenses and here I am came one of, of my, my career here at Oregon. Uh, and, and we're, we're skipping right back to it. And so I'm sure it was, it was probably just a nightmare, uh, jumping ahead again for him to kind of look at that and see uh just nothing yeah, changed hats hats off to georgia for again just being able to stack everything up the way that they have um because it's been just amazing um but to go over to an, a very exciting game a game that i was kind of looking forward to uh was was this this game right here the florida utah game this is one i think a lot of people looked at and we saw it and we thought this could be fun and you and i were talking about it the only reason why florida had any kind of momentum or any kind of favoritism in this game was because it was in the swamp right but yeah it was did you were you able to catch much of this game i caught quite a bit of it quite a bit of the highlights and stuff i, I watched you know bits and pieces of it as i switched between the games yeah it just it started off i i had multiple screens going uh at first i didn't think i was going to but then i kind of talked talked my wife into it kind of got her her on board uh she, she was kind of excited too she was excited to watch <clears throat> college football and uh, i think that's kind of just a bonding moment for us so uh, yeah, we we had the the platter going out. Our family tradition for a long time has always been putting the meat and cheese out on oh, yeah. the on the platter and everything. So we got that. We even uh, cooked up some uh, uh, some uh, barbecue weenies in the crock pot. But yeah, watching this game, this was on my my smaller screen, and I was watching this one as well, and uh, flipping through this one and a few others um, as I was all all day. But this one just it showed you just Utah deserved to be ranked where they were um, ultimately. But then, and I don't think that Utah played a bad game. They started off, it kind of looked like Utah had it for a while, but then just, uh, you know. Yeah, I think Utah is maybe overranked right now after watching the game. I think they're still a good team, but I don't think they're top 10. Yeah, I could see that. I could see that. I mean, I just, I don't know. I, I think. And this, uh, and this Florida team was impressive too. Yeah, they're, they're definitely. Away from them. They're definitely not, not top 10 now. I don't think, uh, I don't think I would go that far. Um, but I think to start off the season, I, I liked them there. I think I like Cam rising quite a bit. I, I think he, he deserved to, to be in the spotlight the way that he was, um, you know, and, and all of that. But then, uh, just looking at Florida's quarterback, Anthony Richardson, he just, he was phenomenal. Yeah. Uh, and he's an athlete. I didn't, I didn't expect that out of, out of him. You know, I, I knew that he was going to be something that, you know, I heard his name popping up to where we need to watch out for this guy, but uh, even more so than I thought, um, but you can kind of see there from the highlights. Just watching that game was just does it was just really right cool. Now? Does Florida go up in the top twenty-five? Actually, I guess it's already it's already out now. I it, haven't I haven't looked at it. Yeah, it, it depends. It depends on how how you view uh, how you view Utah coming into this game. If you view view Utah as coming into this game as a top ten, I think Florida deserves to be up there because of the way that they played in this game, uh, and just to just to see the the grit that they they had uh just seeing how how much they they were just flying all over the field even their defense considering that they were going against a very high powered offense that returned quite a bit of their star power 
uh, and even gained some. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a it, it was just it showed because utah utah didn't didn't ever look like they were slowing down but you could tell that the humidity was kind of getting to them i think because you could see them kind of bending over hands on the hips uh you know trying to catch their breath a lot sure. especially on the defense but yeah i just i think looking at utah the way that they played that game i don't think utah looked bad and and i think they looked like a number seven team in the nation it's just florida i think napier actually did something down down there in florida and I kind of, I kind of think after watching them do that, I think that they may may stand more of a chance than I thought. I was, I was very low on Florida. I didn't, I wasn't riding the Florida train at all. Uh, I didn't think Napier was really going to be the guy to really be able to spark anything up. But after watching that game, I think, I think I was wrong. Uh, and and I, it's it's too early to really make that that observation. It's week one, yeah, sure. but I I did think Florida just looked that good. I didn't think Utah looked bad. Who uh, do you think looked the best? In week one, over week one, I know there's a there's a few of them. That Probably Georgia, Georgia, Georgia. I mean, Alabama did too, but Alabama also went against Utah State. They also put a big, uh, you know, let up a, a goose right. egg. So I think uh, overall, looking at it, I think I think Georgia. Uh, but you know, just kind of looking looking at that that this this Utah Florida game again, I just don't I don't think that that's anything for for Utah to look down and, and say, we didn't do good because guess what, Utah, you proved that you could, you could go in to an sec team, uh, and, and still, Oh no, right before the touchdown must've, must've popped up a, an ad there, but, uh, I don't even know how that happened. Um, but you know, just to, to see that, that they went in there and they were able to go into an sec team first game of the season and put up a, a, a strong fight. Uh, that's that says a lot about your program and and where you've come. Uh, so I, I I say to Utah, hats off to you because you're putting together a program. It's it's a tough program, and I don't think I don't think there was anything you look at from Utah and say that they didn't do well. Well, and this uh, is this is Utah. This isn't a team that's been around, you know, in, in the conversation for playoffs or anything for for you know several years running or anything like that. So they're definitely an up and coming team. They've they've shown. You know, I don't remember last time Utah was in the in top top 10 yeah you know yeah. they've had their season here or there but yeah they're really putting something together and no disrespect to utah but yeah i was really impressed with florida yeah i was i was impressed with florida i was impressed even with utah again i i think utah until that last drive and and that's one that i just don't like the play call there with what they went with there on on utah uh, i don't understand why teams get into that goal line position uh you know and, and they they don't start to run the ball uh, you know, you're inside the five yard line and you don't run the ball because that's mainly what it came down to. It came down to the just that last drive uh, and seeing that last drive where Utah was able to come down. Of course, ha- Florida, they, they did really well, too, because they were down. It just seemed like Utah just kept the momentum just in their favor. But then Florida came down to take the lead and they were able to do that in, in a timely fashion. And so they they started here in the you know kind of early fourth quarter, uh, taking the leads by a small lead. And then jumping from there, they were able to kind of 
keep that lead. Uh, but you know, and, and going on down through the fourth quarter, Utah was able to kind of tie them up, but they weren't able to really jump out ahead. And so, uh, you know, Florida just did a great job there. And so you can kind of see it here where, where Florida starts to come down. Um, but then right there on that last drive, this is where I think I look at Utah and I say, you didn't do a bad job because it came down to this last drive and cam rising right there, showing off his, his wheels. Uh, he did a really good job there and, and on this whole drive and and they even hurried up. They were, they were quick. They knew that they didn't have any timeouts. They were able to, to stop the clock. Uh, again, getting inside the ten yard line here, you're on the six yard line. Yeah, this is this is one of those and, times you need to run the ball. You've got they have no timeouts left. You got plenty of time to spike a ball if you need to. And you just I throw it in the double in the coverage. Yeah, I don't put it in the air there. You've ran the ball well all game. Yeah, you, you keep it on the ground. You got plenty of time to spike the ball. Yeah, you you have you have you a down. To. You have a down where you can spike it. Uh, and I think that in that scenario, you just have to spike it. Uh, and I'm going to pause that one for now just because I want to come to that one here in just a second. But just again, I think Utah, again, it just it, it didn't look like they did a bad job. They they played good football all the way down the stretch. And it's week one. Those are week one. That was a that that came down to a week one mistake to me. Yeah. You've got plenty of time on the clock to run the ball, to, to you know, spike it if you need to at the end. If you can't punch it in, if you can punch it in, that's a game over. Yeah. And if you can't, you've got plenty of time to spike the ball, go to overtime, see what can happen. Yeah. I, I think uh, just. You just got to be more, you know, more uh, careful with your your play calling overall. Uh, it's just you throw it into double coverage. You're inside the five yard line, uh, or inside the ten yard line, excuse me. Uh, so I just think you just have to have to play better than that. Um, you have to just a play call. Uh, you, you've got a you've got a crunched up field. You've got so much conge- congestion into one part of the field. You would think that they would have learned from the what was it 2015 2016 Seahawks uh, against the Patriots yeah. in the Super Bowl. Uh, you, you would think that they would have learned there and and say, hey, if Russell Wilson can't can't fit a ball in that that tight <laughs> part of the field, maybe we should just hand it to our running back. And guess what? You've got Cam Rising, who's pretty good on his feet too. Maybe you even kind of switch it up and and go to like maybe a read option, something to yeah, kind of throw him off. I don't mind throwing the ball if you're going to roll out, maybe roll out yeah. tight end, something like that, safe. So you can either throw it away or throw it to your guy. But That's another when one you're throwing like. in double coverage, you're throwing anywhere in the middle of the field that close to the goal line. I am not never ever ever a fan of. Yeah, that's that's another one I like is just a play action boot. You're just yeah, rolling I'm out cool to your left, that. roll out to your right, and and the same thing goes uh, for the for the FSU LSU game, which we'll get to in just a second too. But uh, you know, I, I think that's that's another one where I see you, you just whenever you're down there in the in the uh, in the the position to be able to make that, you know, you just roll out uh, right. if you're going to throw it. Because then you've got a couple couple options down there. You, if you have a tight end and a wide receiver, a wide receiver going deep and a tight end look close or vice versa, you've got a couple options there. Uh, you can kind of kind of throw it around wherever you want to go there. But I just think uh, just that that posi- that position was just tough for them. As a Nebraska uh, fan, our our motto is run the damn ball. <laughs> yeah, uh, uh, that's, but that's what it comes down to for me. Going over to the Ohio State Notre Dame game. This is what another one we talked game. about. It was it was a phenomenal game. Uh, who do you think looked better in, in that game? Uh, maybe take it down to like the third quarter. Uh, when, when you get like maybe midway through the third quarter, who do you think really stood out and, and looked better in that Ohio State and Notre Dame game? That's a tough one for me. I think Ohio State for me. Ohio State seemed to put a, a whole game together. I don't think Notre Dame did. I think Notre Dame put some quarters together. Um, right there, you saw, you know, several times pressure in the backfield. I mean, their defensive line, Notre Dame played outstanding, Yeah, but 
these are two teams with a ton of weapons. And really, Notre Dame came out, was it 10 nothing? Um, that they came out. I don't, I don't remember if they scored again here. Yeah, I can't remember I the beginning. Like it was a 10 nothing game but, or something like that. But, you know, Ohio State never seems to, to worry. They, they never get in panic mode. They just play their game. They've got athletes. Uh, Marvin Harrison Jr. looked phenomenal. That's right. They, they did come back in seven. It was a seven to 10 game for a minute. Yeah, seven to three. But then it, I don't know. I just, I see the beginning of that game and I saw the way that Notre Dame was playing. I, I always had a feeling like Notre Dame was, or that Ohio State was going to be able to come back. They were going to be able to win the game because it's Ohio State. You can't ever count them out like that. Um, but just whenever you look in the third quarter, uh, you know, you get into the third quarter, going into halftime, 10 to seven. I thought Notre Dame was just playing really well because what they were doing and Marcus Freeman even kind of commented on it as well is that they were just putting everything out in front of them, not, not trying to make a big play, not trying to come out and win the game in one play, but it's just instead just stuff like that. Just pile your way in, get into the end zone, get some points on the board. They weren't right. able to do that after this touchdown. Uh, and that's just really what hurt them. Uh, and ultimately I think the entire game all through, it was a defensive game, of course, Ohio State really only won on some kind of junk plays there towards the end uh, to be able to push themselves out to 21-10 to win the game. But C.J. Stroud, I didn't think he looked very good. Uh, I, I think he looked kind of pressured. I thought he was definitely under a lot of pressure. I thought he kind of took what he took what the defense gave him a lot. But, yeah, I mean, the offensive line, now this is probably up until the playoffs or maybe Michigan, Michigan game, I'll give him that. This is the hardest game they're going to play all year until Michigan, which is the final game of the year. Uh, before you start talking about Big Ten championship and and uh, I do think they need to be careful going into Penn State. Going to Penn State, I think is going to be tough. Uh, and, I don't know. And Penn I, State... I see that game as I think Sean Clifford makes some mistakes in that game. I don't. I don't see him as a quarterback that does well under pressure. And there's going to be a lot of pressure. See, now this is what C.J. Stroud needs to learn to do more of. Whenever he rolled out of the pocket like that, instead of letting the pocket collapse and just kind of try to work his way through it. He was able to to work his way out and actually do a lot more damage, and I think that's something he needs to kind of prove is that he he needs to be a, a threat in the run game as well, not necessarily just the run game of gaining yards, but run game as far as him running in the backfield to create more more time, more space. Right. Um, when he, he did that, I think he did pretty well. But overall, I just didn't see a whole lot of Heisman candidate other than like that throw we just now watched just a minute minute ago. But a lot of it was just his receivers going for, for good grabs. I think uh, they, they may have again, the best receiving core in the, in the, at least in the big 10, if not for sure top five in the country. Again, I think there's some other teams maybe compete with that, but yeah, Ohio state's receivers. Like I said, I'm really excited to see Marvin Harrison jr. Uh, keep developing into a, into a good young athlete. He yeah. made some splash, some splash plays last year. And I was, I was really impressed with him. And I think he's going to take another step this year. I think he's going to be one of the bigger leaders too. If they can't get Smith and Jigba back uh, soon, um, Marvin Harrison is going to be one of those guys going to have to step up for him. Yeah, and and I'm I'm not. I even said this before this game even happened. I'm not worried about Ohio State because you look at them last year, where uh, they're one of their transfers out to 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 Alabama of all places is a star wide receiver, and so he's he's not even starting for Ohio State, but he can be a star wide receiver somewhere else like Alabama against those tough SEC defenses. So I, I, I see stuff like that. And I just think, you know, there's Ohio State's run game was just so. so Tra- Travion Henderson had a very good game. He is um, he's, 
I think he was a, a big factor in that because he kept kept the defense really guessing in key crucial moments. Um, I also thought that if they had him Jacob back, or if they had him fully this game, they might have put up a few more points. I DJ think so. Stroud loves to go to him, and that dude is always wide open. And Ryan Day even commented on that after the game. He he commented on how losing Smith and Jigba was just really hard for them. He's a uh, difference and, maker, man. And it does slow down your pace when you lose a key guy, uh, a guy that takes away a lot of the a lot of the uh, uh, pressure. It takes that off of the quarterback, knowing that he's got a guy like uh, Smith and Jigba out there. Um, so there's there's a lot that goes into that, and I think. That can be underrated at times, uh, but overall, the the main key factor in that was Jim Knowles coming to Ohio State. I think that was the perfect pickup for them. Uh, and Jim Knowles, I think he proved himself in this game that he's going to be uh, a, a factor to kind of take a look at in the Big Ten. I think he's going to be a, a coordinator that is going to make a lot of fuss in the Big Ten this year. Um, Defensive coordinators, yeah, and, and not I many that what, are better than him. I said this at the beginning of the year. I said if Ohio State wants to take that next step, like you know, you know how many teams would love to have Ohio State's bad years? Yeah, their bad years are they went to the playoffs and, and didn't win. If they could put a defense together, and they showed in this game, I thought you have a defense, man. They do you and, finally have a good, good defense. And the thing that concerned me with their defense wasn't going to be their their defensive line. We knew that they were going to show up. They have a defensive line most of the time, and they they have the power to be able to to put a lot of pressure in that backfield. But the part that kind of made me worried a little bit about them was their secondary, and their secondary really showed up and put a lot of pressure. Now Notre Dame's receiving core was just phenomenal. Uh, they yeah. did a really good job that game, and I think that. That's what kind of slowed down that that secondary a little bit because uh, there were some catches that just shouldn't have been made that they made. Uh, and then also their their young quarterback, uh, Notre Dame's quarterback, I think he did a really good job of of coming in there uh, and and really doing what he needed to do uh, just because, you know, with with him being so young and coming in, he's only a sophomore, uh, Tyler Buchner, uh, and uh, just the way that he came in there and so poised, there was times where, uh, he he threw the ball right where it needed to be, uh, just out in front of a receiver for a crazy catch down the sideline uh, there in, in the fourth quarter when they needed it, just couldn't quite capitalize on it. Or another time where he put it really high on a, on a big tight end receiver, uh, whatever he is, because again, they kind of use off, him at all kinds of spots. But right. And again, hats off to Ohio State's defense, because I think this may be the, the hardest and toughest defense uh, Notre Dame goes up against this year. Yeah, I mean, it, it could Ohio be. Ohio State's defense probably took the biggest step in, in that game, that was the difference maker for me was the defense. Yeah, yeah, and I think uh, I think the the biggest the biggest surprise to me, maybe not surprise, but the biggest thing for me was seeing the way that Marcus Freeman coached his guys. He was very strong, very tough with his guys, but very caring, yep. uh, and he was constantly out there watching very closely. You could see how determined he was that they weren't going to go out out without a fight. So I think. Uh, I think the way that Marcus Freeman is coaching, how he coached that game, I think he's got a very good career ahead of him. Uh, I think he very well could do some big things there at Notre Dame, and I'm, I'm excited for him. I, as much as I hate Notre Dame, I think I even said this sometime during uh, during the game on, on Saturday, was that, you know, I, I hate Notre Dame. That's just one of the teams that we've hated. Uh, you've got to have teams to hate. They're one of them for me. But college football is better with them. But it, it is. But as much as I hate Notre Dame, I'm rooting for the guy. I'm rooting for... 
for Marcus Freeman to do good because he he just seems like such a likable guy, such a likable coach. Well, the so, kids definitely seem to like him. Yeah, and so huge huge game for him. He did a really good job uh, coaching his first game in the horseshoe. An emotional game for him coming back to his alma mater. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky. Lucky in line at the deli, I guess. Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Start a journey. Not a fad. Kick off your fitness journey with up to $500 off Peloton Bike, Bike Plus, or Tread Packages. Choose the package that will take your training to the next level with accessories like our cycling shoes, heart rate band, non-slip grip dumbbells, and more. Join now and you'll see why 92% of households that start the year with Peloton are still active a year later. All access membership separate. Offer ends January 8th, 2023. Excludes Bike, Bike Plus, and Tread Basics. See additional terms at OnePeloton.com. Uh, really, really good game for him. Uh, so just just kudos to him for for what he did there at Ohio State. I think that was really special. Um, but then getting into it and seeing some of the other games that popped up, uh, we've got some more games that just really kind of showed to be exciting. Uh, this game should have never happened the way it did. <laughs> You're North Carolina. You've got a, quite a bit of of expectations from, from you, uh, and they just didn't look good. They didn't no, they look did good. Not on defense at all their offense of course was rolling but you know you're going you're, you're going against appalachian state you should be able to to really put them down and, and you've and if you're north carolina you've already had a game this season appalachian state this is their first game so yeah. you've already had a week to to uh get some of the kinks out and work work through some of your struggles in the defense and and they did not show to do so yeah this this game was just constantly kind of a little bit of a back and forth, but it just always felt like this is going to be an upset. This is this is totally Appalachian State just playing their hardest so that they can upset UNC uh, and North Carolina. Even their even in their first game just didn't look good, but now here again in their second game, they they just didn't didn't put anything together on defense. Uh, if if you were betting on this game, I really hope you took the over because it was very obvious that it was going to be that way. The way that North Carolina's defense showed up in week. Uh, zero I guess but yeah just watching this game was just tough uh, here you can kind of see where North Carolina starts to come back and make it a game again but Appalachian State has to feel good about how they played one of the things I noticed in this game was it, I felt like even when North Carolina would kind of come back they'd scroll to the fans in this in the stadium and they're kind of not super excited they're like yeah well we should have done that but it's still a close game and it shouldn't be so I think the fans were definitely, definitely feeling the pressure in this game. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's heartbreaking to go to a game like that. I'm sure, and, and expect your team to have a big, big game. They're going against a small team that they should blow out. Of course, you know that Appalachian State's known for uh, recent years for upsetting Michigan. Uh, I believe that one was even at Michigan. So we we had some upset alerts from this, but we didn't expect North Carolina. I, I didn't expect North Carolina to do that bad, but. Even when when North Carolina got ahead, they have drives like this where, oh, I guess this one right here, they, their defense stood up for once uh, and did something. But they just had drives where they would give stuff up, uh, and it was it was constant for them where they would give things up and and really allow Appalachian State to really get their way back into the game. Because uh, even at one point there, 
they left over 40 points in the fourth quarter alone. <laughs> yeah, again, uh, hats off to Appalachian State, though. I mean, they thought they they came in thinking they're going to win this game, and they felt like it. It felt like it watching this game the whole time. That Appalachian State never thought that they were down. They were going to continue to fight and and try to make something happen. Yeah, yeah, and they they did, and they they just kept on fighting back. There was some just key mistakes, and we'll get to them whenever they come up here in just like a minute. That one right there. That one right there. Yeah, you can't turn the ball over. That's you've got to win the turnover game, no matter what team you are, no matter what game you're playing, you've got to win the turnover battle. Your defense has to cause turnovers. Your offense has to keep themselves from turning it over. Uh, and if you don't win that turnover battle, it's very hard to win, especially in college football, the way that it's designed today. And definitely in the earlier weeks of college football as well, when you're still trying to figure oh, yeah. some stuff out. But, you know, you just you see Appalachian State just constantly fighting. They were down over 20 points at one time, I believe it was. Uh, and, and still, they just kept on fighting. Uh, and it, it turned into ex- an exciting game. I told you, I was like, hey, this game's something to watch. Yeah, I went back and watched this game afterwards, and I I was a little... I, I I tried not to look at the score beforehand, but it popped up. Yeah. Anyway. But uh, it, it just seemed like no matter how much North Carolina would put themselves ahead, Appalachian State was like, well, we're not giving up. You don't have this game yet, uh, and, and you can't beat us. And and that's exactly how they felt. You could tell that their 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 players felt like they could win this game too. Kind of like what you said a moment ago. Uh, it just looked like they they had no no moment where they slowed down. They had no moment where they thought we can't do this right there. He scores a touchdown in the end zone. Their wide receivers sitting there and just pumped up. He's he's excited. He knows that they've got this. Uh, and I believe this one was the this no this wasn't the final drive yet. That's but yeah, this though. this was this was the one that. Appalachian State scores, makes it a tie game uh, pretty late in the fourth. And at this point, you're thinking, okay, well, North Carolina's got got to do something here. Um, but then they go back to North Carolina. North Carolina's offense really couldn't do uh, it too much earlier in the game, but then here they've just got a wide-open touchdown and just big big mistake on Appalachian State. But that didn't really stop, stop Appalachian State from believing. You still see them firing back. Uh, and they're they're still going to be able to to march it down. This was an awesome game to me too to watch, just because like like you said, Appalachian State should not have won this game. And there were so many times during this game that you thought, "All right, dude, game's over." Like, no way. Well, here you've got 38 seconds left on the clock, and he heaves it to the end zone. He's got that much trust in his receivers. And so Appalachian State, this is when I just thought, like, this is insane. What's going on here? They go for two, and they missed it here. And I loved the call at first. I oh, loved absolutely. it. My wife and I were watching at this point and we just, we loved it. But here they go for the onside kick because they missed the two. And here's where North Carolina misses up. Look at the blocks. Oh my goodness. They just, they laid out everyone on the line there, but this is the mistake. Go down and waste the clock. You teach your players to go down when you receive that, because now guess what? Your horrible defense has to go back out on that field. You just scored. Good job. You put yourself up ahead, but you still have 28 seconds left on that clock. Watch this. Bam. Just three, four guys really put out of play. The other guy was shoved out of bounds. Yeah, if I'm him right here, I I go out of bounds right there at about the two, three-yard line. They also had a penalty to push him back on the kickoff, which was huge for Appalachian State because now watch this return. They take the ball. They get it back on their own five, but a huge return because he's up. He's past the 40, past the 45, up to the 50. That's that's a killer. And that's way You've too got much 19 time for a seconds. team that's already put up 55 against you. Yeah, that's 19 seconds. They get they get one big play to get down to the 30. You know, about 14 seconds left, and he throws another touchdown. And of course, we we kind of know where it goes from there. They 
go for another two point conversion because they have to now, um, but they just weren't able to really capitalize uh, and and keep keep that alive. Uh, and, and it and it sucks to see see that happen to them because you know they they were so close the whole time. Uh, you know the, the the whole time they were they they were two points away from that's winning where that hindsight game. comes to bite you in the ass because if you just went for one earlier now you got a chance to tie the game again but you know i like the you're call probably gonna, you're probably not gonna go for two there on that on that second opportunity you're probably not going for two yeah. but i like the call hell of a game but you know what i i liked the call i liked i liked them going for two because they they had that championship mindset they thought we can win this game uh and they they just couldn't couldn't quite do it um, but you know what? I, again, I, I think that was, that was gutsy. That was the right call because scared money don't make no money. True. Uh, and so, you know what, you, you got to put it on the line and what, what do you have to lose if you're Appalachian state? The game, <laughs> <laughs> the game. And that's about it. So go for it. I liked it. Uh, it's just, you overthrew your guy. It's, it's a tough break. Um, but yeah, it was UNC. You've got to put some sort of defense together. That was just horrible. Yeah. They're in for a long season. Yeah, jumping over to this game, this was one that I was really excited. I just hoped that it would be a fun game to watch. I didn't really care a whole lot about who won the game. I didn't really have a, a dog in the in the in the fight. Maybe that's maybe that's a bad terminology after after Mike Mike Vick. Uh, I didn't have a horse in the race. That's probably a better one to use. But I just I wanted to watch good football, and I knew that this was going to be one because you've got Mike Norvell trying to do something down in Tallahassee. I believe that's where they're at, Tallahassee, right? Uh, Florida State. So, you know, he's he's trying to do something there with Florida State, and I I think he can do it. Mike Norvell's a, a tough coach, but he's got to do something this season, I think. And what better way to do that than to go to New Orleans and go against a, a pretty tough LSU team? LSU's never going to be easy, um, sure. but they're but they are also kind of rebuilding. They've got a, a new identity. They've got Brian Kelly there, a lot of new pieces. So it, it was a game that I knew was just going to be tight because it's two two teams that have something to prove. Florida State they did okay against Duquesne, but who's that? Sure. And then you know LSU. This is their first game under Brian Kelly. They've got to prove something. They've got to do it something. Was fun to see something strong. Quarterbacks get out and run. Yeah, yeah, and and I think uh, I think Florida State's quarterback. He's he's he looks good. Uh, and and. I think he's he's got a bright future ahead of him too. I, I, we saw a lot of young quarterbacks that I think have a bright future. Absolutely. Uh, even uh, Aller uh, over there at Penn State, I think I think he's he's kind of the the next next face of Penn State's uh, quarterback room. But you know, there was just there's a lot of young quarterbacks that really showed up. Um, even some quarterbacks, maybe not the, that they're young, but they're just just kind of new to the to the uh, to the realm of football, I guess, to to their team. Um, but Florida State just looked a little off in the beginning of the game. Uh, I I didn't think they started off strong, but they kept in it. They kept on fighting, uh, and and they weren't going to go down. Uh, and and that that's kind of what you just need to do in this game. But then they started rolling, and it seemed like the the tables had turned. LSU was really just not looking good. Uh, overall, it just seemed like Florida State had the momentum, not a lot, but they had the momentum. They were able to kind of push the push the ball down the field they were able to get their first downs and that's all you got to do uh, and so they were able to kind of push it down they were able to take the lead there in the second second quarter and start to do something with it and uh i don't know i just i look at that florida state team i think i think they have a team that can that can put something together in the acc to look good i don't think they looked 
they looked balanced enough to do a lot in the ACC. I think Miami looked pretty strong in their opening game. Yeah, I've still got Miami's my favorite after week one. I'm 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 gonna still ride with them. We were talking NC State for the ACC, you know. But I, yeah, I had Miami over NC State. We, we yeah, but, but in, we, NC State, I I had a high. Yeah, we had high hopes for them, and they just did not look good at all. They did not, uh, and that was very disappointing um, to see NC State come out the way that they did. Yeah, it was they they got lucky. I'm very lucky on uh on winning that game by what was that a point? I think a so, one point game. Yeah, so I mean that was just that was a, a game that they they needed to to put together. They couldn't uh and I'm I'm not very high on NC State after that. I also always say though, week one, if you're week zero, week one, I don't care who you're playing, find a way to win the game. Especially now where where uh we have so much in the transfer portal. And new coaches coming in about all the time. First couple weeks of the game of the season, just find a way to win. the uh, The rest of the season is going to play out, but just find a way to, way to win. Win probably the first three weeks, because um, there's always those upsets that you should never have lost to. Um, That's something I want to point out here uh, in this game uh, that Florida State early in the game only only towards the towards the end of the second quarter, and they had a little tipped field goal right there uh that's something that lsu needs to pay attention to uh yeah. going forward if that ha- if that's happening if you're if your kicking team is uh like is doing that, that bad yeah this game uh so yeah it's just that's something that they need to keep it keep in mind spoiler alert it happens again but i thought this guy just looked amazing uh jordan travis uh their their quarterback i thought he looked really good again another another quarterback that you know maybe you don't know too much about um but He's, he showed up and he had a really good game. He had uh, 20 for 32. It's pretty pretty good percentage there. Uh, 260 yards and two touchdowns. No interceptions on the day. Special teams really came back to kill LSU. Uh, yeah, they did for sure. Uh, and, and LSU, I think they know that too. Uh, they know that the special teams just kind of blew it. And that's the crazy thing is like I hear all the time people talk about like offense and and defense. And I get it, like that's that's what you're gonna watch most of the game. But like having a bad special teams, I'm a Nebraska fan. Like I can promise you, having a bad special teams can make or break your season. It can. Special teams is it's huge. And that line up front, as far as those blocks go, that line has to be able to stand up and and make a block. You have to keep your your kicker protected, give him time back there. He's got to have enough time to be able to to kick the the, the ball. You know, he doesn't need that much time. Uh, plays like that, just phenomenal also, catch. I think hopefully they show it here. Uh, I think this this kid should never play football again. Oh yeah, I think that one was already this already was passed. The definition of targeting. Yeah, th- I think that was already passed. But uh, oh, this this play right here. This play right here, I believe. Yeah. I, th- I mean, yeah. this is exactly what is ruining college football. I mean, he put his hands down and went straight up with the crown of his helmet on yeah, a there's, quarterback. There's no you, doubt on you that. You cannot do that. That is a terrible, terrible play. I mean, and, and that cannot happen. Keep that footage. Show that to guys because that is what targeting is. Targeting is not all this extra stuff that you guys want to make it out to be where you hit the side of your helmet on another helmet. Yeah, I'm very sick of the targeting this year, especially. Yeah. like it's only, it's only week one, and targeting is just like getting on my nerves every single time I watch a game. I'm like, geez, can we just let the guys play? And then he gets stuff like this. I'm like, yeah. Week zero is where targeting was just kind of annoying. Yeah. Week zero is where it started kind of annoying me. And I was like, you know what? This better not be 
uh, what it's going to come down to. But yeah, I, I think this week one, it was, it seemed like it was a little better because I didn't see near as much targeting called. Um, and when I did, I thought it was pretty reasonable, like that play, for example. Um, but that kid needs talk to, he needs a, a lot of coaching at least. There was also another, there was a few of them in the, in the Nebraska game. I thought North Dakota got away with Casey Thompson. Shout out to him. He called out the referees after the game, which which is uh, one thing that a lot of people tell you not to do. A lot of coaches won't get into that. But, yeah, Casey said, yeah, I thought I got targeted in the back of the end zone, which would have been a first down, but never called it. Like, if you're targeting, like, it's, it's terrible. Like, I don't I don't want anybody to to think that I, I'm, I'm like, against, you know, the, the call. Yeah. I think we need to protect the players. I'm just against the rule. But I'm but – I'm, I think we need to come up with a better definition. Like this, this game right here, that targeting that was just called a minute ago, that's the definition of targeting. When you're going maliciously to hit somebody, yeah, up he, above, he obviously head, lowered his head, went went for the head. So I'm cool with a call like that, but they do need to figure out, you know, what targeting is. Yeah, and and this point of the game, I felt like Florida State has it, uh, and it just seemed like they they were better. But then LSU, they they came out firing. Uh, and, and they started to come back. They're down 14 points late in the fourth quarter. That's a hard deficit to overcome. Uh, and so they, they just kept on fighting. It seemed like they, they were okay with that deficit and they wanted to, they, they wanted to kind of build Again, on right, their dumb plays. Yeah. This LSU team did not strike me as a team. That's very well coached. No, not at all. I mean, and, just, just simple. As simple as that. Like there were some dumb mistakes and you would think brian kelly would have gotten some of that under control because he is known for being very good on that again, and again special teams. special teams again yes uh, and, and it and, was all day long and that was one again that was another one that you just thought game over uh here they try going for two florida state and fumble it <laughs> it's just simple mistakes keep your eyes on the ball until you have it tucked into your chest uh it's it's easy to say and it's hard to do at times, but you've, that wasn't even you've going got for two. to. That was going for the touchdown. Was that one going for the touchdown? Yep. Okay, that's right. Yeah, because they, they didn't they could have gone they up didn't right score there. You run the ball, protect yourself. So LSU, their their punt returner got saved on that one. I forgot about that. I thought that one was a, was a two-point conversion. But so just the way that LSU fought back after that, other than, other than that screw-up on special teams, the way that they fought back, they looked like Maybe maybe they're starting to put some stuff together, but it still was just a lot of stuff that just kind of sloppy. Uh, and it seemed like Florida State was kind of getting worn down more than LSU really running around and, and doing big things. Um, but just the fact that they were able to go down on, on this whole drive too, I kept on thinking like, man, I, I really hope they do it. I just want to see an overtime game. I want right. to see a close game. And it was a fun game overall because the whole time you just you didn't really know because it's two teams that don't have a big identity yet. And so you don't really know what an athlete. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was fun to watch the quarterbacks run around, but the way that they drove down the field, they're able to get down there. They've only got 10 seconds left. This is the definition they're just of inside a, the red zone. Two minute yeah. Drive the, right yeah. There. That is, I mean, it it's perfect. Perfectly done. But you, you, you can get out of balance. He's smart. He knows. Yeah. To do and, it. and you know what you, you run preventive zone defense like that in these situations. I, I honestly didn't agree with that call. They, I thought his knee hit the ground in balance, and so therefore I think the time expires, uh, and so I didn't like that call very much. But here, way to high point your your receiver in the back of the end zone. But then this is where I, I think a lot of people are criticizing uh, Chip Kelly for or not Chip Kelly, but Brian Kelly for for going for 
one here because it's been blocked before this game. Why would why would you go for one? But that's just a common sense thing to do is go for one. And so I don't hate him for going for one. I think that was probably the smart thing to do. Um, but what a just, crazy ending to the game. It was. It was perfectly well well drawn up. Two minute drive. You get down there. You kind of get a break on, like you said, whether or not your knees inbounds. Got a second left. Put it the back of the end zone, and then you come away with a big old goose egg on on zero and one now because of special teams. Yeah, and special teams decided to, to to poke its ugly head out and killed them all game long. And you know what, LSU had something going for them in that that last drive there. That to win games, you have to have. You, you have to have calls go your way. And for week one, for you to come out and run a two-minute uh, offense like that and to really show that you guys can stay calm and collected and, and in, come away in a with clutch that moment. in a very, very clutch moment, to come away with that, like, wow, good for you. And then what do you do? Special teams kills you. But for LSU, I think for LSU fans, I've seen a lot of LSU fans on Twitter kind of freaking out that you know Brian Kelly was a bad, bad hire. I don't think that's the case necessarily. I don't like Brian Kelly very much. I don't think uh, if 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 Oklahoma, you know when Oklahoma was searching, I didn't want, want Brian Kelly. I don't think he was a name that popped up. But if it was, uh, I definitely didn't want him. He kind of he kind of reminds me of like the grandpa that shops at Air Apostle. <laughs> I, I just don't like him. Yeah, he's but just annoying. I, yeah, he he is annoying. But I think as a coach, I just don't see enough in him to really want him as a head coach. But I think he's. A good coach. He's I'm tweet that. he's obviously <laughs> he's obviously the the w- most winningest coach at Notre Dame. So you've got to give him that. Um, but just looking at at Brian Kelly, I, I think you need to calm down, LSU fans, and recognize that this was just Week One, the first game of of his LSU career. So give him time. He's recruiting. Uh, he's he's doing a good job. I think uh, as long as you give him time, I think I think he'll 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 do just fine in in the long run. Uh, and, and you've got to give him time. You can't just kind of make your judgments based off of week one like that. So uh, overall, just a really tough game, both teams. Florida State, I, th- I think you have something to look forward to uh, coming forward. I think you've got something that you can look at and, and see that this is a building point now. Uh, this is kind of a building block that you can you can step on and it's, it's firm. Uh, I think Florida State can start to turn things around from that win uh, because it was a hard-fought win. But you've got to carry that momentum, recognize your mistakes, and and fix them. Uh, kind of go go forward from there because, again, I we we said this before, uh, where in the Penn State game, uh, James Franklin brought this up that it's you, you've got to learn from your mistakes in week one, and it's a lot easier to do that when you when you come away with a win. Right. This was technically week two for Florida State, but this was a, a close, tough, hard fought win that you can learn from your mistakes they and and win. and still and still have the win on your record. So that's really good. Something great for them to take away from. But uh, did you have some buy it or sell it? Buy it or sell it. After after week one, watching, I think one of the most ex- exciting games for me. Although this this game that we just watched uh, had a lot of a lot of excitement in it, was the Ohio State Notre Dame game. Yeah. So buy it or sell it. Ohio State goes undefeated, and they get that win at the last game of the season to go into, before they go into the Big Ten championship. They win the Big Ten championship, still undefeated. And then because the Big Ten West has looked pretty pretty awful, let's let's yeah. let's be honest. Uh, so buy it or sell it, they go undefeated into the college football playoffs. Undefeated into the college football playoffs. Um, looking at their schedule, 
again, I think Penn State is probably the only one that I think could be a shakeup during the season. Other than Michigan? Yeah, yeah, during the season up to Michigan. That last game of the season against Michigan going into into the big house, you're going to have to be careful. And Michigan looked good. But they did. They didn't play anybody, but they did what they needed to do. Yeah, they, they looked, they, really they looked solid, though. Uh, and, and they did what they – it was kind of the way that I saw the Oklahoma game. Uh, they, they did what they needed to do. Uh, they didn't do it in a flashy, flashy pattern, putting up, you know, 55 to zero, like Alabama, but, uh, or, or whooping up on a team like, like Oregon, the way that Georgia did, but they did what they needed to do. Uh, and so that's, that's kind of the same with Michigan. So I think seeing Ohio state in week one, I think I'll buy it. I, I see them making it to the playoffs. I don't see them winning the playoffs, but I'll, I'll buy it that they make it to the playoffs. I think they can go undefeated. I respect that. I yeah. also buy it. Buy it or sell it. Georgia beats Alabama this year. Georgia beats Alabama this year in the SEC championship. Ooh, I don't know. Cause last year it was the other way around. We see Alabama win the SEC championship and Georgia ends up beating them in, in the national championship. I think the based on week one. I think I sell it just because it's too risky. I think Georgia looks good enough to to do that, but it's week one. Uh, nobody looks the same week one as so they I do. I wanted to ask you week one. Week 12, yeah. You asked me week 11, I'll, I'll give you a pretty definitive answer. My, my, buy it or, uh, my buy it or sell it. There will be two SEC teams to make it into the playoffs this year. Meaning, meaning <laughs> Alabama and Georgia. Yeah, pretty much. Okay. Uh, undefeated, undefeated, kind of like last year. Lose in the in the SEC championship game. Yeah, I'll buy it. Buy it. Yeah. I think I'm buying it too. I just look at the the way that they played week one. They were tough. Um, both teams, and Bryce Young just looked flawless. Heisman. Heisman. He He's, he was, he was the the best. I think he was week zero. I thought you know. Nobody showed any flashes of like, you know, that kind of caliber yet. But then week one hit, Alabama played. Bryce Young looked like the Heisman winner. Uh, it's way too early, but yeah, I mean, he he was the only one that really stood out to me to say 100% yes. right As of right now, Heisman front runner for sure. Yeah, because he just looked, again, flawless. That's the only word I can think to describe him. Uh, I guess the best word I, th- I can think. He looked like Jesus walking on water. There. <laughs> I just... It looked like everything was so slow around him. Of course, it was Alabama going against Utah State, so everything was going to look slow for him. But he just, he did. He looked phenomenal. Uh, the other one I have is buy it or sell it. Uh, do you think that a one loss Pac 12 team can make it into the playoffs? Because we see Utah and Oregon both losing. Uh, I think you, you see both of them uh, losing a game. Oregon, I don't think, has a chance, even if they win the Pac 12. But let's say. One loss USC, who use who maybe loses to a Notre Dame. They play Notre Dame this year. One loss USC, uh, who loses to Notre Dame, wins the, wins the conference championship, uh, gets in there with one loss. Or maybe Utah wins out the rest of the season. Florida looks good the rest of the season to make their loss not look too bad. But they win out the rest of the season, win the Pac-12. I, I would say that's probably the two best scenarios. Do you see a, a one loss Pac-12 Utah or USC making it to the playoffs if they can win out with a one loss? I'm going to sell it mainly because I think the Big 12 looks a little better now. In the past couple of years, I think the Big 12 has taken a step up. I think you've probably got your two SEC teams in, Auburn, in uh, Georgia and Alabama. 
And then I think you've got your Big Ten Championship uh, team, either Ohio State or Michigan. Probably going with Ohio State there. And then I think you've got uh, an Oklahoma or uh, whatever other team surprises everybody in the Big 12 this year. Yeah. So I, I don't think – I think I'm going to go ahead and sell that one. That's I, I like that analysis a lot. That's That's very similar reasoning to mine because you look at week one, You've got Notre Dame looks like they could be up there. Notre Dame looks like they could be that team to to at least be in the talk. Unfortunately, they have a loss on week one already. But that's but it's week one, which I means which means you can go eleven and zero. You could, but there's a lot for week one. Me, me there, there's going to be there's going to be a one loss team in there. I don't think Notre Dame gets in if there's other one loss teams. But I'm just saying you've got a Notre Dame that looks tough. That looks like they could be in the talk if they can win out. You've got a, a, a an Ohio State or Michigan, so you've got a Big Ten champion. If Alabama and Georgia both win out and only lose to each other, you've got a one-loss uh, SEC team and uh, a, a an undefeated SEC team. So I think you've got three teams right there, Big Ten and two SECs probably. Sure. So now you're leaving it up to maybe Clemson. We're, we're going to see them tonight. Uh, they're on her pretty soon. Uh, yeah, in about an hour and 20 minutes. So, you know, you've got uh, – I mean, actually, it might be sooner than that because I'm, I just now switched from Eastern time to – Central. Yeah, here in about a half hour. Okay, so but you know you've got you've got uh so maybe a Clemson. You don't know how they're going to show up, but for sure you do have maybe like a, an Oklahoma State. Oklahoma. I don't think Oklahoma State will be there, but maybe they improve a lot. What about but, Baylor? But maybe Baylor. That's the one I'm kind of looking at. Or Texas? or Oklahoma. I don't see it in Texas. Uh, I just Did don't see, see it. That, uh, they're going to get killed by Alabama. They're not going to win the Big Twelve. So that's two losses. See, but he has got his uh, car towed. Oh, did he? Yeah. Yeah. He tweeted after the game. He's like. How do you, how do you get done playing a game and you realize that your car just got towed? <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, that that sucks too. But I I don't know. I just look at the Pac-12. I think even a one-loss Pac-12 team, the way that they look right now, they don't they don't look like they're going to have a good enough strength of schedule. So I don't think they can do it there. Uh, and I I don't think a one-loss Pac-12 can get in over a one one-loss even a one-loss Big Ten team, one-loss SEC team, SEC team definitely not. Maybe probably not a Big Twelve one well, loss I mean, team. Like if you get Ohio State and Michigan again, go both go undefeated until that game. Somebody wins it, the other team doesn't go to the Big Ten championship game. I can still see a scenario in which you know Ohio State wins that one and Michigan still goes, or vice versa. Yeah, yeah, but especially especially after Ohio State just had a, a pretty you know for, good for win Ohio on the State? record. Yeah, so even oh, if you, they, you mean uh, maybe if if they lost to Michigan and then Michigan goes to the Big Ten championship now, yeah, I could still see Ohio State getting in there over. Other teams, I could see a scenario where that happens. So we'll um, see. probably not because I just think that a two two team SEC uh, two two SEC team playoff makes more sense than well, a big. Hopefully, big this 10. podcast is still going for years to come because twenty twenty six. They're hoping for sooner, like twenty twenty four. Um, we're gonna expand to twelve teams, and that's uh, that's exciting. Yeah, yeah, and that's it's gonna be it's gonna be a, a bigger bigger uh, playoff picture. I think. Th- I don't like 12 teams. Uh, we'll talk about that later on. I think that's that's in the schedule for for talking about later on this week. But I'll take it over four, but yeah. I, I think we'll, I tend to agree. But, but we'll talk more about that. But if you've listened this far, thank you so much for for watching, for listening, for supporting us here at Rising to the Occasion. Make sure to, sh- to subscribe, like, share this, this episode, share our podcast, uh, and make sure to give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. That'll help us out greatly. You guys have been awesome so far. Make sure to go follow us on Twitter. You can find us on Twitter, and we've been causing a lot of ruckus there in the Twitter realm, uh, especially this past weekend with week one. But we thank you so much for watching this far. God bless, and, and until next time. 
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18+ plus. terms and conditions apply. See website for details.